Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Axl Rose is the greatest singer in the world. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, back again with another new one for you. And Monique, you are Monique Gregoire. I am. I am Joe Burns. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Monique. Axl Rose is the greatest singer of all time. No. Yes. No. Yes. According to ConcertHotels.com. You missed this story. How can you miss this story? I did. I've been in a, my cave. Under again. a cave. Under the rock. The mm-hmm. whole Very nice rock. Very Flintstones-esque life you uh-huh. live. Now, ConcertHotels.com is a search engine that books you into concert places, venues, hotels, things like that. But what they do is they pitch themselves. Mm -hmm. So they do little promotional things. You probably saw one I posted where if you took a 100 and I think 60 gig iPod and turned it then, filled it up with music, Mm -hmm. turned it then into records. Oh, yeah. It would stack this high. It would be the weight of two grizzly bears. Yeah. That kind of thing. That was kind of crazy. That was one of theirs. Well, they pitched themselves. And one of the things they did, and this got all kinds of um, uh, press. And mm-hmm. of course, people go, no, you can't do that. And they love it. You know, bad press is as good as exactly. you know, good press. Love it. Axl Rose is the greatest singer of all time. And even Axl Rose has come out and said, no, come on. Yeah, well, good Who for him. Kidding? Good for him. And he listed all these people that, look, I'd, I'd rather listen to these people mm-hmm. long before me. So for this hour, I want to go over it like, on what basis? Absolutely. Right. Did you list him? How did you choose these people? Explain to me how this list was put together. Got to mm-hmm. get into the scientific of it. We'll talk about notation, things like that. We'll play some of the songs, uh, some of the singers that are on this list and talk about what, according to, quote, the experts. And again, these are people I Googled. Right. Uh, what do the experts say actually makes a great singer? Because it's too easy to simply say, I like him. I like her. Right. That's too subjective. Absolutely. Because I like a bunch of different kinds of music. I do. A bunch of different artists. I'm with you. I agree. So, I mean, do we say only opera singers are great? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the high end of what a singer is. Right. So, if you can't sing opera, are you a Menza Menza singer? I mean, must you be of Barbara Streisand, Mm -hmm. you know, level singing? And some people, like for me, some people's voice, I just, I'm in love with their voice. Like Darius Rucker, I'm in love with his voice. See, I wouldn't listen to a Darius Rucker song if it it meant getting away from, you know, the captors. (laughs) I, I just wouldn't do that. Okay, let's play one. We'll come back and we'll explain why. According to Axl Rose, here's somebody he'd rather listen to other than himself. From Queen, Mm -hmm. Freddie Mercury. Oh. I have to play one of two songs. Okay. Because if I'm going to use the list created by Concert Hotels, I must play one of two songs. And I'll explain why I must play one of two songs. I'm going to play All Dead, All Dead from News of the World. 
why aren't you playing a hit? You know, why that's not right. a hit. Why don't you play a hit? Well, it has to do with how they chose the greatest singers in the world. And it'll make huh. sense as soon as I explain it to you. So here's Queen from News of the World, All Dead, All Dead. Freddie Mercury on Rock School. Okay, coming out of Queen, All Dead, All Dead, why? Why did I have to play All Dead, All Dead? Okay, Freddie Mercury was put on the ConcertHotels.com list of greatest singers of all time for two songs, All Dead, All Dead, and It's Late. Okay. Again, two songs. Why? Well, here's what they did. The group, ConcertHotels.com, chose a group of artists... Randomly. Okay. I know, actually, they were a little more purposive than that. Purposeful. They chose artists from Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest singers of all time, which tipped me off again. I've had a a show built around the 100 greatest singers of all time from Rolling Stone's list, and we should do that sometime soon. And then they, to throw in some more contemporary voices, because the Rolling Stone's list is just populated with, you know, 60s and 70s people, they grabbed some nominees for top male and female artists from this year's Billboard Music Awards. Okay, so now they have it. What ranked these people Mm -hmm. they teamed up with another website called the range place now it's not a website per se it's a series of forums for vocalists oh okay okay but instead of doing something that was subjective i like aretha franklin more than i do pat benatar why because she's great Uh, (laughs) yeah that's just subjective you can't do that right they decided to rank them on vocal performance. Okay, what vocal performance? Lowest note sung mm-hmm. on a recording to highest note sung on a recording. Okay. Thus, the span from the lowest note you possibly sung mm-hmm. to the highest note you possibly sung, the widest span possible mm-hmm. wins. That makes sense. Does it? It makes sense as far as the first stage, not the final. You know what I'm saying? But that's their final final run. So Freddie Mercury in All Dead, All Dead sang the lowest note he's ever sung that anyone found. Mm -hmm. It's an F2. And then It's Late, he sang an E6. And see, now we're going to get into scientific notation because what you probably can see it on your face. Yeah. What's an F2? Oh, what's his, what's an E6? What's that <laughs> kind of thing? So as soon as we play another song, I'll come back and I'll explain to you what those things mean, what okay. those numbers mean. Steve Perry. You would think Steve Perry with that unbelievably high falsetto voice mm-hmm. has you know, a wide range. Well, he didn't come in number one at all. Steve Perry in the song Can't Stop sings the lowest note he's ever sung, F-sharp 2. The highest note in the song we're going to play, Homemade Love, he sings an A 
five. Okay, that seems like a stretch. That's it's a heck of a stretch. <laughs> it's nothing compared to Axl Rose. Huh. Nothing compared to Axl Rose. So listen to the song Homemade Love and listen for a really, really high note mm-hmm. because that's the tip top of his vocal range, at least his recorded vocal range. It's Homemade Love, Steve Perry on Rockstar. <laughs> Out of Steve Perry, Journey, actually, but it's Steve oh. Perry, the singer, where we're interested in homemade love mm-hmm. and his highest note ever. Now, once you know what you're listening for, and I've grabbed some that are the high notes and some that are low notes. Mm-hmm. When you know what you're listening for, you'll you'll kind of go, oh, okay, right. And your ear will attune to it, and you'll go, okay, that must be the lowest note. That must be the highest note right there. Right. And when you hear the highest note from Axl Rose, because when you hear this, Mariah carries on this. And she sings in the whistle register. You know those real high notes that she goes way up there? You would think Mariah Carey is going to be the winner. Well, I have the highest note song from Axl Rose, and we'll play it later on in the the show. Right. Woof! Is it, it up there? It's so funny, because I'm just thinking, like, in my head I'm going, Axl Rose. And the first one that comes to mind is You Could Be Mine. You could be my. It's it's high, but you're going to hear inside of the song that I have to play, and it's from the Spaghetti Incident. He oh. lets go of a few screams, and they're uh-huh. wicked high. Huh? It's almost to the point where you wonder, did he do that, or was that somehow mechanically enhanced? Right. I don't think it was enhanced, but it's good. Okay, what does this mean? F sharp two, C four. Mm-hmm. Now you know where the letters come from, right? They're they're notes. If, uh, okay, you don't. When you're playing music, <laughs> music is based on a series of notes: A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Mm-hmm. When you're playing a piano, there is a when you press a key, it is denoted by one of those letters. The white keys okay, are yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and then it starts again: A, mm-hmm. B, C, E, F, and G. The black keys are simply uh, a fantastic rock group, or they are <laughs> the sharps and flats. Like between A and B, there is an A sharp. And then B. Okay. Or if you're going from B, it's B flat, then A, depending on which way you're going. I'm following you. (laughs) So far, so good? Lovely. If you're looking at a piano, middle C, you ever heard Mm -hmm. of the term middle C? Yes. Okay. Middle C is not the middle of the piano. When you're looking at music, there's a treble clef Mm -hmm. and there's a bass clef. Okay. Well, between the two of them is a note. Mm-hmm. And that note is a C. It's called middle C because it's in, in the, the middle. middle of those two staffs. Right. Now, most people think it's middle C because it's right dead center in the middle of the piano. It's close, but it's not dead center in the middle of the piano. Mm-hmm. It's called middle C because it's between the two staffs. That is C4. Huh. Why? Well, it's it's not perfectly because of the piano, but if you think of the piano, all 88 keys, mm-hmm. as a series of of octaves. The lowest octave contains the notes one. Mm -hmm. It goes B. It starts at B for some reason. I don't know why. So B, C, D, uh, B, C, sorry, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, one. Those are the notes in the lowest octave. Then B, C, D, E, F, G, A, and the next octave are Mm -hmm. two. Okay. See how it just keeps counting up? 
Yeah, that's so making sense. If you if you hit the note on the piano, bong, that's the lowest note. If it falls, if your lowest note falls in the third octave, and the mm-hmm. lowest note you can hit is a C, your lowest note is C three. Okay. Because it it denotes where in the octave range you are, mm-hmm. and then you go as high as you possibly can. And if your highest note is in the fifth octave, let's say the highest note you can hit is an F, and it's in the fifth octave, it will be an F. Five it seems because like that would be pretty high. Because it's inside the it would be very high. Mm-hmm. But everybody has these different registers in their voice, and we'll talk about these different registers in uh, in a minute. So does that make sense? Yes. At least think about octaves on a piano. Mm-hmm. Okay, going from B to C, the lowest is one. The next octave up is two. The next is three. So when I say, you know, two, I mean we're really low. There mm-hmm. are no ones on here. Okay. I mean, you have to be like a whale to sing <laughs> one. And I don't know. What's the highest I have? I have some in the sixes in terms of height. Okay. I have none in the sevens. Hmm. Wicked high. So there you go. That's the concept of where those numbers come from. So when you're talking about all that, you're discussing something called scientific pitch notation. Mm-hmm. So impress your friends and neighbors with that. I've learned something new today. There you are. Uh, Let's talk about flying high in the friendly skies. It's Marvin Gaye. Inside of this song, he hits a high E6. So he's up there. Yeah. His lowest song is called Easy Living D2. Hmm. So he has a range from two to six. So Mm -hmm. somewhere in the three and a half to four octave range, which for a guy... Yeah. Is fantastic. Marvin Gaye, living flying high, right here on Rock School. Okay, coming into the first break here on Rock School, out of Marvin Gaye. And again, if you listen to the song, you can whoop, hear it go. Now, some of you who are listening on podcast are thinking, oh, I don't have the whole song here. You can stream the whole song. You can stream the whole show if you want to hear them. Obviously, you can run to YouTube and mm-hmm. listen to the song individually. But if you wish to hear the entire show, the entire Rock School show with the music in place, the easiest way, we've streamed them on the PRX system mm-hmm. because other radio stations are able to buy our our shows. A lot of them buy them individually and some are obviously uh, what do you call them? Affiliates of right. us. Here's the easiest way for you to do it. Go to our website. Go to kslu.org. kslu.org. Big giant chalkboard on the front page. Click on it. Now you're on the Rock School radio show page. Got a black mm-hmm. background. You can't miss it. On the left-hand side, there are links explaining how you can get it. And one of the links is PRX. Just click on it, and every show is there in full music. The thing is, you can't download it. 
And believe me, I have tried and tried and tried to override <laughs> their system. How can I do it? How right click, left click, this kind of thing. No, no, they're pretty locked up tight. So, <laughs> but you can stream it with everything on it. So if you mm-hmm. want to hear these songs, that's the quickest way to do it. KSLU.org. Click on the Rock School chalkboard. Once there, every page on the Rock School site has got a link to the PRX system. And yep. Go right into that. Okay. I talked about the scientific pitch notation, and I know out there is going to be some musician who's going to say, no, it's the American standard pitch notation. Okay, fine. There you go. It's either the scientific pitch notation or the American standard pitch notation. It's the number following the letter. Mm-hmm. Great. A four-octave range, as I say, is fantastically prized, and there are websites devoted to it. I kid you not. Really? Get onto a, a Google search and simply put in you know, musicians or singers with a four-octave range, huh. and they get listed. They're not very big. I, I is, don't imagine the list would be very right, big. It's, I do not have a four-octave range. Now, what people are going to do is they're going to go, you know what, I can go all the way down. <laughs> that, that's, that's not a viable note. Right. You have to be able to sing the note where the pitch is seen, mm-hmm. you know, where the pitch is actually useful. Okay, Axl Rose is the greatest singer in the world. <laughs> How high is his, you know, range? Right. How big are we talking? According to ConcertHotels.com, mm-hmm. the lowest note he has sung is There Was a Time, and it's an F1. Okay. Meaning he is into the lowest range mm-hmm. possible, the lowest you know, octave possible. I listened to it. Mm-hmm. It's... It's a stretch to say it, but okay, That's fine. What, I can hear the highs from him. Sure. I don't see a lot of the lows. Okay, well, again, I listened to it. It's called There Was a Time. Go take a listen. And you can't miss it. It's there. Mm-hmm. The highest is a B-flat six. So we're talking a five octave range. Right. Understand when you listen to it, it's called Ain't It Fun, the highest song, Ain't It okay. Fun. It's from the Spaghetti Incident. When you listen to it, it's not him hitting a Mariah Carey type note where he, she's, you know, what's the what's the song by Minnie Ripperton? Loving you is easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she hits that <laughs> note that makes birds go, yeah. Okay. He is screaming. He'll go, wow. And That's something what I'm will thinking. shoot real high. So he's kissing the note real quick and then ah. coming back down. But according to, you know, ConcertHotels.com, there you go. F1 Hmm. all the way through B flat six. I should say according to the range place because that's where ConcertHotels.com grab their information. So there you go. And later on, we'll play Ain't It Fun. Hmm. And and that'll be that. Who's listening to us, dear? Uh, KLSU in Baton Rouge. Thanks for playing us, guys. KSCL Shreveport, Louisiana. They're listening as well. Catch us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute. Coming out of the break, we finally get to a song that you may know. Yay, because I haven't done any of the other ones. You know Aretha Franklin, Think? Yes, absolutely. Good. Okay, according to 
the run of artists, and there are a lot more than what I have here. There's right. probably 50 artists on the on the list, mm-hmm. uh, according to ConcertHotels.com, but I've only brought along some to play. Aretha Franklin, according to the list, her lowest note ever sung was, I Knew You Were Waiting For Me. Okay. She sings a G2. So a G within the second octave. Again, right. think of a piano. Way to the left. Mm-hmm. The highest note she sings is in the song, Think. which you know, which is a B5. So, again, Hmm. think of a piano up five octaves within that fifth octave, a B. Yep. So when you listen to Think, she'll hit a high note, and you can go, that, according again to those who care about this, is the highest note that she has sung on record. Hmm. Aretha Franklin on Rock School. Coming into the bottom of the hour just a little bit late. We're going to come out playing Dusty Springfield. She made the list. She apparently has a wide range of notes she can sing. We're going to play one from Dusty in Memphis when she decided to get that Memphis sound coming out and going down to the Memphis recording studio. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. And these are the dates for seven days in 70 seconds, June 9th all the way through June 15th. It won't stop raining in this state. How many days in a row has it rained now? Six, seven? Oh, yeah, because I know it was at least last Tuesday. Oh, I talk about in June, like, how hot it is. It's not hot. It's just raining. Oh, yeah, we've missed, like, four T-ball games this week. Give it a of it. rest already. So, Oh, yeah, and, and of course, the, the hurricane forecast comes out. By the way, did you see what the, the N letter is for hurricane this year? Yes. What the name is? Nana. Hurricane <laughs> Nana. Give me a break. Hurricane I still like Sally. Grandma. Jeez. All right, let's get this started. June 9th, I think you have Monday. Go. June 9th, 1972, Bruce Springsteen signed with Columbia Records and started to assemble the E Street Band from various Asbury Park ex-bandmates. June 10th, 1986, Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead, goes into a five-day diabetic coma, oh. resulting in the band withdrawing from their current tour. Hmm. June 11th, 1960, drummer Tommy Moore made the fateful decision to quit the Beatles and returned to his job of driving a forklift at Garston Bottle Works. Don't you? Really? You know, you gotta know that the guy wants to kill himself. Oh, wow. June 12, 1930, Mumford and Sons bassist Ted Duane was rushed into the hospital to have an operation to remove a blood clot on his brain. Oh, wow. Mm. June 13th, 1975, Peter Frampton played the first of two nights at the Winterland Ballroom, San Francisco, California. Recordings from these two shows were used as part of his number one double album, Frampton Comes Alive. Do you feel like we do? Mm-hmm. June 14, 1984, a model of Boy George from the Culture Club was unveiled at Madame Tussauds Waxworks in London, England, right there on his 23rd birthday. And then on June 15, 1986, U2 and Sting headline a concert in New Jersey celebrating 25 years of Amnesty International. Dusty Springfield, as I said before, makes the list. The highest note she sung, I found a way, F sharp 5. Lowest note, Love Shine Down, B flat 2. Yeah, commit these numbers to memory. Love (laughs) Shine Down, right here in Rock School.
Dusty Springfield here on Rock School. Okay, forget personal preference. What makes a good singer? Now, obviously, you and I would fight over the concept of, you know, we like him or her, Mm -hmm. which really is the the ultimate thing. You know, I listen to a singer because I like him or her, Mm -hmm. or I like his or her music. I like the band's music. Well, according to those who are in the know, most sites found, singer sites, found this list by ConcertHotels.com to be quite shallow, but it did like the fact that it got people talking about right. what makes a good singer. Okay, what are the definitions of a good singer according to those who are singers? Right. Okay. Not perfect pitch. Really? The ability to just grab a pitch out of the sky, mm-hmm. you know, sing an F sharp. <laughs> That's it, of no use, mm-hmm. according to them. They state the simple ability to hold a tune in key was the best thing. Really? Here are the notes. Can you sing those notes? It's mm-hmm. the concept of the ability to perceive a note and then equal it using your vocal cords. Okay. Or to be able to say, I need you to sharp this or flat this. Mm-hmm. That's according to them. The ability to transpose was listed very highly as well. The concept of, okay, we're singing in the key of A. Mm-hmm. You don't really like that. Okay, we're going to go sing it now in the key of F sharp. Oh, okay. You should be able to hear the melody or hear the, the chordal structure and then re-sing it in the new format. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be able to do. Uh, also, they talk about the ease at which the sound leaves your body. That makes total sense. Right. You I, should, I'd agree with that. You should not sound as if you're forcing it. Well, the thing about it is some people like the fact that it sounds hard. I always thought Ronnie James Dio sounded great because it sounded like he was always forcing it. And I, I thought that was one of his great qualities. Yeah. I liked listening to that kind of thing. So, And in the end, a lot of them stated it's not so much technique, but do people want to listen to you? Yep. Yeah, Ultimately. Right. Do you have a voice? Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan is in reality a terrible singer yeah i'm not a fan he really is see i think he's fantastic (laughs) he's wonderful he's he's out of tune he's Mm -hmm. clunky he's all over the place but there's just something about him that endears me to him not you but he's just something about it so all of these perfect pitch the ability to transpose and all that who cares i simply like listening to him Mm -hmm. so you know, there you go. Got to play another one from the list from the Spencer Davis group. The song is called Dimples. Now, why do we care? Steve Winwood is the singer. He's got okay. a very high voice. Heaven is in your mind. He sings a D6. But in Dimples, mm-hmm. he sings an A2. Now, this is oh. when he was with the Spencer Davis group. Okay. okay. When you're listening to the song, you're going to think, oh, he's singing really high. About three quarters of the way through, he'll stop and go like this. Huh. And bump, there will be the note right here in Rock School. I walk, walk, walk. Yeah, 
Coming into the second break here, quick question, can you sing at all? No. You can't really, you no. can't hold a pitch? Mm-mm. Why? Why do you think you can't sing? Well, when I'm in the car and the radio's loud, I sometimes think I can sing. Well, the sing. radio's covering you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the interesting things. When you're singing a cappella with no instruments right. behind you, it is a much different animal mm-hmm. than if you were singing without. My, my band was trying to play a stick song, mm-hmm. and we decided on Blue Collar Man over, I'm trying to remember what it is, Renegade. Okay. And the reason we decided on one over the other was because Renegade begins with an a cappella beginning. Oh, mama, uh, I'm in fear for my life. Yeah. And none of us had the <laughs> guts to just simply, I'm going to sing with nothing behind me. It's so much easier when really? there's instruments behind you. Mm-hmm. Well, a University of Montreal study found that 40 to 62% of non-musicians in Canada, people who are not professional, Mm -hmm. are poor singers. It broke down into three areas of why they couldn't sing. 20% simply couldn't control their vocal muscles. Now, it's my opinion they were simply not taught. Right. Simple simple as that. Mm -hmm. They didn't have music growing up or they didn't care enough because it's a muscle. It, yeah. it's, it, singing is like anything else, in my opinion. People say, well, you're born to sing. Well, okay, yeah, to a point. Mm-hmm. But then you have, to, you have to control it. You know, Tiger Woods was born to play, you know, golf. Well, yes, mm-hmm. to a point, but then you have to practice and Correct. get he this better. Correct. He had to better. learn it. Exactly. 35% had trouble matching the pitch of their voice to tones from something they hear. Okay. I.e., they physically couldn't hear an F. And then sing an F. Okay. Why? I don't know, but that's the reason. And 5% simply could not distinguish between two sounds or hear two different pitches. Really? Just couldn't do it. Play them an A, play them an F. Uh-huh. You hear the difference between those two sounds? No. I'm probably in that second group then. Well, that's just tone deaf. And I, I think that's a physical problem, and you just can't overcome that. Mm-hmm. You know, time to become a drummer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's going to upset drummers. Uh-huh. A recent SUNY Buffalo, State University of New York, Buffalo study suggests poor singers have trouble imagining what music sounds like. They physically can't hear it in their head. Really? Right. And if you can't hear the song in your head, you physically can't then say to your body, this is what I want you to sing. Because your body has no idea what it's supposed to sing. That makes sense. So there you go. So if you know somebody who just physically can't sing, Mm -hmm. and by the way, the more you can't sing, my guess is the more you want to sing. (laughs) I'd love to sing. I would love it. Thanks for letting me be in the car with you. (laughs) KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Thanks, guys. Back in a minute. Play another one on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break, let's talk about when you're singing, mm-hmm. there are four registers that okay. you sing in, okay? The one most people know is the modal register. That's where you're most comfortable. That's where you're at full voice. It's as close to your speaking voice as possible. Mm -hmm. It's where you can hit notes full bore. Boom. That's where you are at full voice. You're not really straining, maybe a little bit more umph. A lot of people, they don't do their breath correctly. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they speak louder or something like that when they have to do something. And that's that's what most people know. Falsetto register, most people know what that is. I do know what that is. Okay, good enough. It's normally an octave, maybe a touch more higher than the modal Mm -hmm. register. Then there's something called the whistle Register. Don't know that it's one. when you're able to close off the uh, vocal folds, leaving only the smallest of hole uh-huh. to give you that extremely high piece. Right. According to what I read, anyone can learn to use the whistle register. It's just mm-hmm. something that some people can do naturally, i.e. Minnie Ripperton, mm-hmm. uh, Mariah Carey, David Lee Roth. When Mm -hmm. David Lee Roth was young and hadn't yet destroyed his voice with cigarettes and alcohol, um, he could do that wow scream that was just so much higher than everybody else. Uh That was in his whistle register. He couldn't Mm. sing in it, but But he he could scream and he could hit it when he wanted it. Then there is something called the vocal fry register. Oh, yes, Kesha. Oh, this is what I hear all the time. Young girls are now talking like this. (laughs) They finish their sentence all the way down here. That's the fry register. Oh, yeah. That's when you're trying to hit the lowest note possible. You're doing that. No, those aren't viable notes. No. You're not really hitting a tone. Mm -hmm. You you have left your modal register and you're down here. (laughs) And it's not good for your vocal folds. No. So these young ladies who are all speaking as if they're just so above what they're doing. Do we really think they're going to have long careers, though? Well, it's not long careers and such. It's they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. If you keep doing that kind of stuff, you're going to get you're going to get nodules. You're going to get calluses on there. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the highest note demanded in a classical song is a G6 by Mozart. I tell you what it is, but I wouldn't say it correctly and would be yelled <laughs> at. The lowest note, according to Guinness, is also inside of a Mozart aria. And you have to be able to sing a G6 to go up high for Mozart. You have to be able to sing a uh, D2. Get all the way down. Almost two octaves below middle C. Both of them by Mozart. Thanks a lot, Wolfgang. Mm -hmm. Let's play a song by Otis Redding. Change is going to come. Everybody knows that one. Oh, yeah. B2 is the lowest. He sings in a woman, a lover, a friend, an F5. There's your four octave range. Mm -hmm. Otis Redding. If you assume anybody would have it. He would be the one. You bet. Otis, right here in Rock School. I want me somebody to hold my hand. Somebody to love me and understand. I want a woman Last break here on Rock School, and we're going to come out of it blatantly with Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. Got to play the song. Okay. According to the highly unscientific Concert Hotels list, the world's greatest singers, Axl's at the top spot. 
crazy. If they're correct, he has a vocal range that spans seven octaves. Really? Well, like I said, the top note is a scream. Yeah, and it's touching. And he hits the note, just bink, and gets right off it. Mm-hmm. The lowest note supposedly appears in the 2008 Chinese democracy song, There Was a Time. And you can hear it. It's, it's there. Okay. The highest note is inside of the cover of the Dead Boys Ain't It Fun, which again is on the 94 album, The Spaghetti Incident. Mm -hmm. And that's the one I'm going to play because it's the high note. The low notes aren't always so impressive. Right. It's the high note that makes people go, whoa. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're listening to Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, nobody really cares till he goes, whoa, whoa, living on a prayer. That's what people want to (laughs) hear. Okay, they interviewed him. And he said, if I had to say who I thought the best singers were, I'd say first that I don't know that there's a definite answer. In in my opinion, it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, Axl absolutely. Rose makes a, a smart statement. He told Spin Magazine, I enjoy Freddie Mercury, Elvis Presley, Paul McCartney, Nazareth singer Dan McCafferty, uh, Janis Joplin, Michael Jackson, Elton John, Roger Daltrey, Don Henley, Jeff Lynne, he's a guy out in front of ELO, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Cash, Frank Sinatra, Jimmy Scott, Etta James, Fiona Apple, Chrissy Hind, Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder, James Brown, and a ton of others. And I'd rather hear them anytime rather than listening to me. Yeah, that's and the all smart different. answer. Oh yeah, all different. That's the smart answer. Mm-hmm. You know, because he could have just as easily gone. Oh yes, I am the greatest singer. <laughs> uh, no, but he didn't. He handled it correctly. Yeah. So here it comes Guns and Roses. Ain't it fun from the spaghetti incident? You also hear a beep in there because he says a word that starts with a C. So uh, that wraps it up. We'll be back next week with a brand new show. So I'm Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. Greatest singer in the world. No. (laughs) (laughs) Class is dismissed.